Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 50 Jack the Sky Elf Farmer. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. That helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Brian Rose's table in the Levitating Platter. Hello everyone! And welcome to another week's episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, the best unofficial D&D podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. I'm joined by another great guest, another wonderful fraternity brother of mine. So why don't I go ahead and turn the mic over and ask my guest to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do. Um, hi, uh, my name is uh, Brian Rose. Um, I'm a band director. I work in teaching Texas. Well, I'm glad that you were able to continue on with your pursuit of music and uh, actually get a band director job. So what's that been like? How long have you been band directing? Uh, this is uh, my fifth year teaching. Um, so I just finished off my fifth year and yeah, I enjoy it. Like it's fun. Like I always like seeing those. Uh, I work with beginners a lot. So it's just seeing the like the eyes light up as soon as they get it. You know, that's always my favorite, you know, like when they get it and the music happens, that's fun. If I'm not mistaken, you're quite the instrumentalist yourself. I think I was scrolling through some social media pictures i see that you can pick the banjo a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah i picked up the banjo uh like in college actually i played uh rhapsody in blue and it has a banjo part so i played at the orchestra on banjo yeah but my main is my main instrument's trumpet my first love <laughs> like i was gonna say trumpet yeah trumpet and banjo yeah they can go together <laughs> yeah yeah Perfect. Well, without me sidelining us too much, do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? Oh, yeah. Um, I first started in, uh, like, I think it was 3.5 or like the third edition. And then I took a break during the fourth and then started mm -hmm. back up during this fifth edition. And I absolutely love fifth edition. Like, it's, it makes sense. It's super clean and streamlined. <laughs> I agree. I actually started in fourth edition in college. And then when fifth edition came out, I was like, oh, I see. This is very old school feeling. But with my introduction in the fourth edition of the game, it felt very easy for me to pick up. And I didn't have to worry so much about, oh, in this situation, you get to add this much. And then, you know, it, it took away a lot of the complicated math. Like, and you were saying streamlined a lot of it. That whole advantage, disadvantage, game changer. Oh, yeah. Well, and then like anything that can get more people into playing the game is going to be better. That's always the best. You always want, you know, like, and if it gets too complicated, people are going to be like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, like, right. I didn't want to do math. I wanted to play a game, you know, like, exactly. I wanted to fight monsters, not do algebra. Yeah. Roll some dice. You know? yep. Awesome. 
Well, uh, this show is called Sidekicks and Sidequests, so we like to ask our guests, what is your favorite NPC or sidekick character from an RPG, video game, film, TV, etc., and why are they your favorite NPC? Um, yeah, like I read that question the other day, and so I was like like thinking through it, like trying to find like you know my best answer, um, and I was going to go from a book. It's the, um, the Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, mm-hmm. um, and like the character that I really like out of that book is, uh, I don't know if you've read it or not, but it's a character and his name is like rock you know like his name is more complicated but everybody just knows him as rock because it's easier to <laughs> easier to say and he's just kind of like he comes from like a mountain tribe type group thing and he's just super laid back like and he's just kind of like they're in like a dangerous job but he's just having a ball with it almost you know like super like well you know it's life you know like <laughs> I hadn't read this book series before, but I feel like the name is familiar as far as fantasy author circles are concerned, right? Yeah, he has like he has a few. He has a lot of books that are really cool, and I think he even like wrote a little bit for. And I could be wrong, so. Uh, but I think he also wrote some like Star Wars ones as well. You know, like so. Mm-hmm. So he's written kind of the different types of things. But it's the Stormlight Chronicles, I think, and then. But it's I don't know. They're good books. Like still coming out with them, like, waiting for the story to wrap up. Do you have a favorite side quest from RPG, video game, film, TV, etc.? And why is it your favorite side quest? Yeah, I was thinking about this. That's always kind of hard to like pick down like what is, you know, like super fun to do. Like one of the ones that's pretty fun is in the, um, oh, it's a D&D one. It's the Minds of Phandalin. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Banshee quest. I really like enjoy that because that's an easy way you can do some cool things. I played that game through a couple times and just seeing the different ways DMs can, you know, use that Banshee to kind of like either punish the group or like do kind of like different things. There's some cool role playing aspects you can bring in. Hello everyone, I just want to take a moment to tell you about my first ever sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda is the mastermind behind this trifecta of triumph. He produces tabletop-themed beard balms, beard-themed tabletop RPGs, and helps to support additional tabletop content creators on Patreon. Now, each of his beard balms is flavored after the basic stats from D&D. Do you need some strength for your beard? Why apply and feel yourself empowered with the scent of pine and cedar with a minty edge. If you're feeling rather charismatic, apply a balm of sweet-smelling amber, clove, and pipe tobacco. Each one of these balms is unique in its makeup. And of course, don't forget, Tony developed a whole RPG that allows you to harness your facial ferocity and hair-raising adventures. You can snag a copy of that game as well as a style stencil, enamel pin, or a map of the Whiskerverse. And finally, aside from all of the awesome interviews and actual plays Tony has on Plus One EXP, every purchase you make feeds into the Plus One Forward program, which supports small indie content creators to continue making amazing tabletop RPG content. So head on over to plusonexp.com. That's plus one spelled out and exp.com in order to shop for these balms and games and more. And when you go to check out, use my affiliate code Randolph to save some coin on your purchase and to help support sidekicks and sidequests. How else do you think our tavern keeper at the Levitating Platter is going to keep his silver beard so awesome? Once again, the code is Randolph, like how it's spelled on episode two and his write-up, in order to save on your order and help support the show. So thank you so much, and now back to the podcast. To conclude the personal interview section, I always like to ask my guests, what are you passionate about and why? 
Uh, I'm passionate about uh, just spreading music in America. Like, you know, just getting more people because music is for everybody. So just kind of getting more kids involved in that, you know, and then playing games. That's my second passion. Just all the different types. Very, very cool. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, you know what time it is. It's time to head into some NPC creation. So. This is the part of the show, of course, where we get to make up a fun NPC. And in talking with Brian, he wanted to go ahead and test the fates and roll the bones. So I happen to have all of my tables pulled up here. And I believe with some Foley sound effects, you should be able to let our listeners know that you have uh, some dice on hand. Oh, yeah. Yep, there's some dice. Perfect. So the first thing we need to figure out is the name for a character. And so if you want to go ahead and take your D20. All right. I got a 15. 15. Okay. This name was suggested by our previous guest, Kenneth Vigue. The name is Jack. So we're working with Jack. That's Perfect. a good name. It is. It's a strong name. Let's see. The next thing we need to figure out is the ancestry for this character. So why don't we go ahead and roll a D100 or two d10s and figure out what's going to be the ancestry i got a 95 Ooh, this is exciting i don't know if i've ever been this far down the list okay perfect so jack is a sky elf avaril so one of those uh winged elves the next question is what is the job or role of this character in society and this will require just a regular d10 to roll okay i got a three Three is farmer. So Jack, the sky elf, is a farmer. And the last thing we need to roll here before we get to just kind of improv, figure some mm -hmm. things out, is the age range. So let's go ahead and roll a D8 and figure out how far along this elf is. Okay, I got a six. Six would be elder. So kind of definitely like on the old older. Farmer. An elder farmer named Jack. Let's go ahead and come up with a physical description of this character. So when you're picturing Jack, the elder sky elf farmer, what are you envisioning? What are, what comes to your mind's eye? Cantankerous, like kind of wizened, you know, kind of like slumping. Okay. He's older. He's been working hard as a mm. farmer. It's not really like, not really smiling a lot because, you know, like it's that hard, that hard time. You know, like it's not a smile. It's not a frown. It's like something kind of in between. So obviously he spent some time working, cultivating the land. Do you think that his wings are still full of vigor or are they like, you know, shrunken wings? I'm just kind of wondering on that front mm. as well. I'd probably put him halfway between. They're not like super ragged, you know, but they're not like young wings. Like, you know, it'd be much better when he was younger. It's like somebody kind of almost passed their prime. Like it's that like. Okay. Like <laughs> I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. <laughs> And I think you were already starting to do this, but what are the three adjectives that come to mind when you think of Jack, the farmer, Sky Elf? Uh, well, like the, one of the ones I kind of come up with was like kind of like wise, you know, like, the, like they've seen a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So kind of like wise, uh, knowledgeable would be another one, you know, been around for a while. And then uh, like a loyal, you know, because he's been working the same area, you know, so it's kind of a, like loyalty, trustworthiness. Okay, so now we go back to rolling dice. Uh, the next thing we're going to figure out is what is a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that the character ascribes to? So we're going to roll a d4 first to figure out what's the category. d4, got a 2. 
Two is lore. So something, some knowledge about the world, which fits into him being knowledgeable. Uh, now let's go ahead and roll a D6 to figure out what is that piece of lore that Jack knows. <laughs> I got another two. Another two. Okay, interestingly enough, this bit of lore states that Jack is an expert on manticores. Hopefully manticores aren't too big of a problem on his farm, but he obviously knows a lot about them. So certainly it might be like a pest. <laughs> you know, like they, you know, like they show up on the edge of the woods, you know. <laughs> right. Those manticores are getting into my vegetables again. Those are some big rabbits. All right. And then the last thing to figure out is going to be what is a particular quest that Jack would be willing to hire or recruit player characters to go and do. So let's go ahead now and roll that D12 and figure out what that's going to be. I got an eight. Okay, this seems to go right along with the theme, uh, but eight is hunt some local game. So he's a farmer, he's tending to his fields, he's an expert about manticores, and apparently when the player characters come along and meet him, he needs them to hunt some local game. So are you thinking that maybe he's wanting them to hunt some manticores so he can grill it up? Or is there some other game that he's interested in? I know some people think all elves are vegans and will never, ever eat meat. But then other times they're like, ah, no, elves eat meat. I mean, they're part of nature. They're just eco-friendly when it comes to their meal prep and all that stuff. Yeah, use the whole part of the manticore, every bit of it, you know. Okay. Uh, well, it could be one of those um, kind of like, well, because like he's kind of older now, you know, and like if the manticores have been kind of a pest, you know, like he's hiring the adventurers to go kind of like clear out some of them because they started encroaching on his farm a little bit more. And, mm. you know, like he's getting up in his age and, you know, like he's not able to go out and fight him like he used to. Now, here's a question that I have, because I'm sure it's different for everyone's game, but Sky Elves, obviously, you know, they have wings that can fly and all that stuff. Is Jack our farmer? Is he in the mortal world, like where just everyone lives? Or is he specifically like in the plane of air? Or is he in the Feywild? Or where do you envision him being? Or maybe somewhere like in between, kind of like a mountain town, you know, where it's like, it's kind of in the mountain and like, you know, it's kind of like the, the adventures is someplace they can actually get to, you know, like okay. it's pretty accessible, but you know, probably drop him into the mortal world too, pretty easily. Just kind of like, a, like, oh, random, <laughs> like, you know, right. the world is diverse, you know, like exactly. add a little bit of, add a little bit of spice. <laughs> and especially being a sky elf in the mountains makes sense because he's able to easily travel the mountain range and you know go to and from town and his farm and stuff like that yeah it makes it kind of you know you still have the view without the you know <laughs> all the other problems <laughs> but what's going to be the reward that he's going to give the players for successfully hunting this game and bringing it back to him well, he's maybe he's like uh, saved up a little money. There's some gold, you know, everybody loves gold or, you know, like his farmers are old and wise and knowledgeable. He might know how to like grow some stuff that kind of makes different potions or different healing, like bolster their supplies, you know, like help them on their journey or maybe his knowledge of the area. I know where the big bad area is, but I need you to help me first. If you help me, I'll give you the information. And certainly the fact that he's knowledgeable on manticores, God, this is going to be the best cut of meat from it. Or <laughs> I know if you harvest this part of the manticore and you take it to a wizard or something, then sometimes they can make yeah. specific potions out of those kinds of parts of the manticore. So if something goes horribly wrong and the players fail in hunting the local game or I suppose, you know, getting rid of these manticores or they just ignore Jack, what's going to be the consequence of either of those outcomes? 
like if you do it where like he has the knowledge on like the next step on their journey that they need to kind of like figure out it's kind of like one of those that can kind of like bite them later on in the you know so it makes like their next task a little bit more difficult, like add some difficulty to it where they're not going to expect and be like, hey, remember when you were supposed to help that guy or hear about like manticores, like tearing apart part of a town and knowledge is lost. Or like if they go and they like fail to kill the manticores and it's player rep, you know, like they go in the town, you know, and he's like, oh no, don't trust those guys. Those guys, you know, like swindlers, you know, like they told me they could do this and then they didn't do it. And, you know, like mm. here I am, don't trust these guys, you know, and it's kind of a like local law starts to look more closely, especially if you have like roguish or, you know, like <laughs> people who aren't so very good at, you know, <laughs> following the laws in town, you know, it's like, oh, like, hey, you know, and like kind of like show up. Uh, you could even do it where like uh, he has like grandkids, he's old, you know know they show up and be like hey you didn't help our grandfather you know and the, like attacks him on the road random encounter you know like mm, okay <laughs> what are the goals and motivations for jack those goals to take care of his farm and get a good crop you know make a good living for his family so how do his goals and motivations with tending and taking care of the farm affect his general personality I don't know. I kind of like the idea that he's, you know, he's like, he's stone faced, but he's like, he's not, not happy. You know, he's not like overly bubbly. He's not like, hello, you know, like, but he's mm -hmm. like, he's happy with his work. He likes, he likes his farm. He likes doing what he does. He's not an angry farmer, you know. <laughs> How does Jack normally interact, say, with his family and friends versus enemies and rivals versus people that work for him versus player characters does he act the same across all different groups or does he kind of have a different way of acting i think he'd be a little bit more warm with like family like family and friends like mm -hmm. so once they befriend him he becomes a little bit you know how like people open up a little bit more mm -hmm. um with like enemies or people he doesn't know you know like it'd be kind of not cold but not speak a whole lot right at first and then once it's like one of those people once you get them talking they don't stop does Jack have a particular accent or language with which he speaks? Are there any idiosyncrasies in the way that he acts or carries himself? Well, like I assume he's going to speak Elvish, you know, because of the flying elves. That's that's one of those. Elves are kind of one of those hard ones to figure out, like with accents, you know, like, you know, like with dwarves, everybody always does like a Scottish or, you know, like Cockney accent, you know, and it's just that like, okay, like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like elves. Um, I, I don't know. Elves could kind of have like an English accent, though, really, like English or American accent. They're kind of upper crust, I guess, you know, like sometimes in their speech, you know, Elvish is their first language and English is their second. So the common tongue. <laughs> so I wonder, does it make him happier? Does it brighten him up? If, say, someone comes out of the gate speaking Elvish, is that going to help make that player character turn more friendly in his opinion? Because he's like, ah, this character speaking to me in Elvish, which is my primary language. Probably. Well, it's just like anybody. Like, if you come up across anybody, you know, and they start speaking a language you actually understand, like, you're going to just be more warm to them automatically than if they come and speak a language. Like, if they start talking to you in a language you don't know, you're just like, well, I don't I don't know what's going on, you know, like, yeah, like if they make the effort, like even if it's bad, you know, like they're not very good at it, but they try, you know, you'd be like, all right, you're saying that wrong, but like, <laughs> let me, let me show you how you really pronounce it back in my day. Yeah. Don't they teach you know, Elvish in school anymore? No, yeah, definitely kind of like that. What impact has Jack made on the world? How has he shaped his local area? Well, if he's like a solid farmer and he's like known about all the manticores and stuff, he's kind of teaching like the next generation of farmers in that area since they have to deal with the manticores over there and mm -hmm. things like that. He has like knowledge on that, just kind of moving the next kind of protector. 
Jack seems to be a stability, a foundational farmer within the area. And, you know, maybe his farm goes back several generations to other ancestors of his or not. Or maybe he moved to the area or whatnot. But, you know, so he's very concerned about the other farmers in the area. He wants to make sure that everyone's aware of the manticore threat that's in the nearby woods and mountains to make sure that they're able to sustain their living where they are in the mountains without having to worry about constantly being overrun by manticore that are looking to raid the chicken coop or raid the farmer's houses for the people, frankly. No, yeah, that's that's definitely kind of the thought process I had with that. What is a current problem that prevents Jack from being a bigger player on the stage? Is it the fact that he's older that prevents him from really being out there and like charging out into the woods and, you know, getting the job done and stuff like that? Or is there is there something else that that he's really dealing struggling with or it could be like like that fear that he's not going to be able to do it because he is older because like fear grips people different ways you know and it kind of makes him like second guess himself you know as you wake up and you have that extra crank you know like as you get out of bed and you're like oh i I can't you know i can't swing the axe like i used to you know like it's (laughs) you know just kind of that like so i guess it would be old age is kind of like is what kind of keeps him Obviously, he's older. So are you envisioning him as kind of like a grandfather type figure? Or is he like at a father level and he's got like sons and daughters to tend to the land. So when he's gone, that his children or his grandchildren will properly know how to maintain the farm, raise the crops and keep the manticores at bay. Yeah, I I think kind of like the grandfather type figure, like he has kids at home, you know, like maybe the son owns like a farm, you know, just far enough away to like do his own thing, but you know, still be kind of like in that same business, you know, down the road, he has like kin spread out, he knows people, (laughs) Okay, they know him, like that type of grandfather. Well, I think we have formed quite the picture of Jack, the Sky Elf Farmer, and it's only fitting now to throw Jack into a random encounter. So now this is going to be the part of the show where we do a roleplay exercise. And since Brian has done a fantastic job of filling out the details for Jack, it's only natural that he should be the voice for Jack. And I suppose I will bring in one of my characters. You know, this probably sounds something good for Duncan to handle. If you're ready, we can go ahead and jump in. All right, I'll try my best. Just want to take a moment to recognize another sponsor of the show, Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in my backyard, and they have an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, stream on Twitch with tutorials and interviews, and host the ReaperCon. This year, back in person from September 2nd to 5th, 2021 in Denton, Texas. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature that has you covered. Want to include Randolph in your game? Then might I suggest looking at their catalog for SKU number 77661. Perhaps you need a Lord Grubbub. Check out SKU 02646. Are you in the market for your very own Skink Knows the Lich? Look no further than SKU number 77280. You know, every time you shop with them and you spend at least $40 on your purchase, they will give you a cool new mini for free. And this miniature of the month is always something new. 
And if you're wondering how you can enjoy the benefits from my sponsor, if you visit my website, you can find a link for our sponsorship and use my referral code link when you shop to help support Sidekicks and SideQuests and get you some savings. By clicking that link on my website, it helps to track the traffic that our show directs towards Reaper Miniatures. The more traffic, the more that our Texas powers will be able to combine. So again, go check the link out on my website in order to use my special referral code and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. And be sure to sign up for ReaperCon 2021 and tell them that Sidekicks and SideQuest sent you. So thank you very much to this sponsor and back to the podcast. After having met the very interesting silver dragonborn blacksmith in the town, Duncan turned down the road the next day and began heading up into the mountains, making his way to the town uh, that was famed for being a heavily sky elf populated town. And Duncan, not having much experience with sky elves, is anxious and excited to learn more about them as a community. And as Duncan is making his way, he begins to make his way up the winding S-shaped paths up the mountain, and he can see these elaborate farms that are all stretched out across the lands. His eyes catch an interesting scene as he can see that there is this elder of the Sky Elf community who seems to be happily, cheerfully, and hard-working as he is tending to his crops on his farm. And so Duncan will kind of approach the nearby fence so as not to intrude on his land. He will call out, Hello, good sir. How are you doing this fine day? Woo! Walking up uh, that path up to the town and sure sure gets you winded this mountain air. Ah, hello. You can come in closer so it's easier so I don't have to talk as loud. Oh, Oh, okay, sure. Uh, Duncan will go over to the gate and let himself in as he carefully, you know, approaches the man and he'll extend his hand and say, Hello, good sir, my name is Duncan. I'm an adventurer and I travel these lands. It's certainly nice to make your acquaintance. Yes, uh, my name is Jack. Um, these are my lands, you know, like this is my farm. <laughs> Duncan will take a, a survey of the land. And he can see that there's all kinds of thriving crops uh, and he can see some animals milling around in the distance. Duncan will say, I'm, I'm surprised. I never thought that there would ever be a community like this up in the mountains. I always thought it was just rocks and billy goats and giants wandering around. But uh, this is this is quite a beautiful scene. Yes, we, we make the best living that we can. The only problem that we have going is we have this huge manticore problem and then they eat our crops and attack our chickens and they're just a nuisance. You seem to be pretty good with a sword, you know, like, let's see, you know, like, how, I'm wondering if you could help me out. As, as you can tell, I've gone on in my years. I used to be able to clear them out uh, for my family, but, you know, they live very far away and it's hard to bother them with this. But if you could help me out, you know, I have some stuff that you might like to know. Oh, oh, certainly, yes. Uh, I can certainly help you take care of these manticores. I know manticores are no small threat to uh, wave off and pretend don't exist, certainly. I would hate for anything to happen to your beautiful farm here, certainly. So if you, do you say that you have knowledge of these manticores? Yeah, I used to like, I used to hunt them in my youth. It was like what we would kind of do. They make really good jerky, you know, like and I have some hanging in the in the thing if you'd like to try you know before you go out and i could teach you how to make it oh wow that would be wow that's that would be wonderful of course 
And so Duncan will walk with Jack as he leads him towards the, the smoker to go taste some of this manticore jerky. And Duncan will spend the rest of the day just kind of picking Jack's brain and learning more about manticores as uh, he prepares himself to then eventually into the forest nearby and to go deal with the manticore threat. And scene. <laughs> There we go. That was a nice little wholesome scene with nice Jack. I guess it helps that Duncan's a very positive and cheerful sort of adventurer. Isn't going around, bossing around, saying, hey, I'm the best there is. He's just, oh, hi, I'm Duncan. What can I do for you? Well, and he didn't just like go onto the farm. He stopped at the fence. And that's always, you know, a nice thing to do, too. Like, you know, like if he had like just like walked through the gate, that probably would have been like, what are you doing? You know, like right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, as we start to head into the final thoughts section of the show, what did you think of your experience here on Sidekicks and SideQuests today? I was an absolute blast. Like, that was fun. You know, like, I was really worried about that role-playing aspect. Like, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Rolling up the random character, that was fun with the dice. Yeah, that was a blast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think it's quite a treat and a blessing on this show because many of my guests have not always had experience with Dungeons and Dragons and they opt to, well, let's just randomly roll a character. And honestly, those have been some of the most fun episodes because it's discovering your character in the process and having to think on the fly and really flexing those creative muscles that all of Dungeons and Dragons players learn to develop over time. Well, and the roles worked out really well with each other, too. That's kind of like funny how that always happens. You know, it's not like polar opposites, you know, like. Right. <laughs> Even though polar opposites can be fun, certainly. Um, but yeah, I think the roles worked very well this time around. I'm glad that you had a fun time here on the show. It, it always makes me happy when I hear that people are having fun on the podcast. I always like to give my guests an opportunity to promote their socials if that's their thing or if there's any causes or just different things that you think our audience should be aware about. I give you the soapbox. Let the audience know what you care about. Oh, well, I'll probably just end it with, you know, uh, have your kids in band. Music is for everybody. You know, that's just that's my biggest thing. <laughs> so that's that's my soapbox. <laughs> Perfect. I think our music fraternity, Find Me Off of Symphonia, would be proud that we're continuing that mission of promoting music in America. So good on you, Mr. Band Director. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> awesome. Certainly, we want to thank you uh, for being on the podcast today. You know, I think you put it succinctly, you know, we want to have more people out there making music, making the world a more beautiful place. And we want people to have fun. So we want you to go out there, play games with your friends. Or if you are needing to make new friends, certainly a board game or a game of D&D is a perfect way to make some new friends. Always. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show today. Uh, hope to have you back as a guest again in the future. And so that way we can make up some more cool NPCs. Yeah, anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for Side KQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to 
Hail the Bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Oh! Sidekicks and Sidequests.